EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM I really should update the clock in the office Still not daylight savings time So look over, ah, it's 10 o'clock Nah, it's 11 And the baseball's about to start Game 6 of the World Series And for those of you who don't know I'm a massive baseball fan Love the Dodgers My whole family is into it and it's probably one of the coolest things that kind of brings us all together. So, yeah, I'm a bit distracted right now. It's also Wednesday, not Tuesday, when I normally record. Um, so apologies for that. But, you know, life is about priorities. It really is. Um, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But a um, bunch of calls to get through today. And I've got some thoughts on a couple of cool things that I've noticed around the place at the moment. Um, but most importantly, this show is really all about um, you learning from other people and me about technology. So if you've got a question about technology, look, this is the thing. There's no stupid question. I've read them all. They're not stupid. Um, they might be strange to you, but they're strange to someone else as well. And that's a great thing about kind of answering those questions is someone else is going to tweak to it. And I know they're not for everyone, but... Um, I can tell you right now, I don't feel repetitive about anything that we've got coming up on this show. So it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you can stick with me for the duration. Um, <laughs> it might be short, let's be honest, because the baseball's about to start. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get cracking and we'll have a good show here on the EFTM podcast. I've got my desk at like standing desk height. You know, so you can stand up at your desk. And it is pretty cool. I'll be honest, I've been standing for the last hour and I quite like it. But then I walked backwards just then and I bumped into a stool. So now I'm sitting on a stool at, at a height. So I feel like I'm at a, uh, you know, one of those uh, bistros or, or bars that have high tables. So I feel like I'm there. Might need to order lunch and eat it like this. Anyway, irrelevant to everything. Uh, it is Wednesday because I normally recruit quarter on Tuesday morning and we have been habitually doing that. But uh, yesterday morning I had to shoot a story and that's part of what I want to talk about. It was it was great, great fun and we'll, we'll have this story for you hopefully later this week on the Today Show. It's about augmented reality. Now, um, there's two augmented reality things I want to tell you about. The first one is Volkswagen. It's pretty cool. Hyundai also have this, but uh, Volkswagen have just launched it um, for a couple of their vehicles. You go to the Volkswagen website or the AR website and stand in your driveway and you choose the AR experience, choose the color of the car, and the car appears in your driveway. Now, it's it's remarkably good. It's a really good quality uh, augmented reality vehicle. It's not quite enough to you know know the shadows and all that kind of stuff. So obviously it doesn't look in place perfectly, but it's to scale. So you can see how the car fits in your driveway. Put it next to your other car and see whether it looks good in the color that you choose. You can actually kind of walk into the car so you can see the dashboard and experience it. It's like for me, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I was showing it to other people who had not seen this before and they were blown away by it. And I think that's one of the things about a lot of these kind of newish technologies is some of us in the bubble we're just blasé to it. Whereas a lot of people have never tried these things. And I think for those of you that are long-term listeners and are super nerdy like me and early adopters, you know who you are. I think you use these things, whether I tell you about them or whether you hear them somewhere else, to show off. You Like you show people them when you're at a, at a, at a barbecue or you, you, you show people when you're suddenly talking about that thing. And it is impressive when people see it for the first time. So the Volkswagen experience is such that you can... Oh, look, you literally buy the car. 
online because that's what they're moving towards. But in broad terms, I, I was saying, look, I think people are hesitant to go to a car dealer. You know, it's not the best experience. I think, I think I've talked through my experience recently. So let's not, let's not re recover that ground, but you know, do you really want to ask those questions? Do you feel comfortable there? Or do you just want to go and do the deal? Or do you want to go and drive the car and then do the deal? So what this allows you to do is get that sense of the car, look around the car, talk about the car. You might spend more time looking at the car in a virtual augmented reality sense than you would actually in a dealership. And that's what's really cool about it. Then you take it the next level and you organize a test drive. And it's interesting because don't forget, the power's with you as the buyer. You can organize that test drive. Tell them to bring the car to your house. Say, so I would like someone to bring the car to me on Friday afternoon. I'd like to, I'd like to drive it around my neighborhood. That You can do that. And you know what? If you're real close, ask them if you can borrow it for the night. Does it fit in the garage? Uh, does it accommodate your needs? Mate, that's what the demo... A dealer demo is a road-registered vehicle that is used to demonstrate the car. Ask for it overnight. Now, don't be greedy. Don't do it on like a Friday night or a Saturday when they, they might be you know, low on stock. Do it on a Tuesday night. Like, find a way to make it work. This process should be about you, not them, and that's a really cool thing. Now, the other augmented reality, and this was quite hilarious because we were shooting this story. You know, there's cameras at my house. There's people, someone, one of Amanda's friends was meant to drop something off, and she didn't because there was cameras at the house <laughs> recording a story. Um, but an email came through literally during this recording of a segment about augmented reality, uh, and it was about spring-free trampolines. Now, I've put this up at EFTM.com a couple of screenshots of my filthy backyard with a spring-free trampoline in it. Now, a trampoline is a tough thing. They're big units sometimes, right? So, and there's like six or seven or ten different models of spring-free trampoline. So which one's going to fit in that corner? Which one's going to fit where you want it? You, This is no app required, nothing required other than a smartphone, a reasonably new one in the last couple of years, and their website. You go to springfree, I think it's .com.au, and you go to shop. So you actually go to the shopping page and you look at all the options. You go, oh, view in AR. You stand at the back, you scan the floor, and then you look up. Now, I put, a, I put one in my lounge room, of course. Who doesn't? But then I went out the back and it was awesome because you can pinch and, and squeeze it, but it doesn't change the size of it. It pushes it into the background. It moves it on the in the yard. So it's, again, it's about being the perfect representation of that trampoline. Um and I just think that is such a cool thing because trampolines, fitting, that's a lot of it, a lot of time to go through to put one of those buggers up before you know it fits. Such a cool implementation of augmented reality. I was so impressed with it and I recommend you have a play with it. Even if you're looking to buy a trampoline, put one in the backyard and show the kids. Tease them. Make them think you're going to. Um, and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are off to a great start with the annoying Randy Arosiana. Um, who is just an unbelievable hitter, has hit a home run at his first at-bat on his second pitch. So this is going to be a long day. This is going to be a long day for me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're all thinking, oh, the NRL and the AFL is over. I couldn't hear rats about those. I'm here for the baseball, baby. World Series time. Anyway, let me know if you've played with augmented reality and, and what you've seen of it. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts uh, here on the EFTM podcast. Yes, Thank you for listening. Travel along with you, taking your calls, talking technology, or whatever it is that's on your mind. G'day, Grant. G'day, Trevor. How are you doing? Real good, mate. Where are you be- Where are you based? I'm based in Bathurst. God love the mountain. God love the mountain. I mean, yes, once exactly. you live Looking there, at it right now. Once you live there, do you stop driving around it? Because I'm not sure I ever would. 
<laughs> well, when you drive around it, you take on a real appreciation for what the drivers are doing at breakneck speed. Don't you what? Yes. And you also get a great appreciation for how great the council is for building that thing on the inside so that the people don't walk on the curbs. That's true. That's true. Because that's a bit of a nightmare because I always walk on the wrong side of the road. It's like, people, please, what are you doing? I mean, we're, I mean, we're all driving the speed limit here, but it's still blind corners and stuff. Fair income. Exactly. But, yep. And that, that top, that viewing platform is just magnificent. I, I saw it uh, earlier in the year and just thought, wow, that's such a good idea. Anyway, that's not why we're talking. What can I do for you, mate? Well, like, I'm also, I'm a video content producer and I do a bit of drone work, but I'm struggling to find a, a, a tablet that has really good brightness when you're out in daylight. So I've tried. Uh, uh, all I've got is a little Lenovo 8-inch uh, little cheapy thing, and yeah. I got it because the size was right, yeah. not really contemplating what was really required once outdoors. Spot I thought you put, a, you put a hood over it or something like that. The hoods never work. Do you know what I mean? No, like, <clears> I remember my, my, my Phantom, I bought a, a hood that kind of folds up. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but... In the end, it's it's more trouble than it's worth. It kind of it's another thing that kind of flops around and flaps around on the controller that you don't. Ne- I don't. I just don't need any weird things going on when you're flying a drone. That's that's all I was always like. Um, these days with the Mavic, you know, I just use a mobile phone in the in the in the little controller because it's you know that tiny little clamp you can't really put in a big. Mm. What sort of drone have you got? Because you can't really use a tablet uh, the, on on a lot of them. Yeah, look, it's the Mavic Two Pro. So that means you you got that little kind of smartphone clamp style. Yeah, yeah, but I find that the, the phone, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not the young fella anymore, so yeah. the, the eyesight's a bit failing, so the bigger the screen, the better. But the sort of it's buttons not like and you stuff can put an iPad functions. in there. An iPad mini wouldn't even fit in there, would it? Um, Not not in the slot, no, no. no. But I've got, a, kind of... I've got a bracket for it oh, to, okay. to mount. Look, yeah. the bottom line is, and this is kind of annoying but true, uh, the the more you pay, the better the screen. Um, of course. And Apple and Samsung make the best screens. You'd be surprised how darn good the Samsung ones are. A lot of people don't kind of bother with them, but, geez, they're great tablets, and they're super thin and super light as well. And because you really don't need it for much else, um, you're not going to be left wanting. But I'll tell you right now, if you use it as your everyday driver as a tablet, you won't be left wanting either because they're awesome tablets. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to get the Galaxy Tab, I don't know what number they're up to. Um, S five E or there's an E on the end or the light. Um, they change their nomenclature every year, um, but they're super thin, super light. Um, they're good tablets, great screens. Really, you can't go wrong with a Samsung or an Apple, um, and and you'll never look back because that Lenovo is a great tablet for sitting in the lounge room and watching Netflix on or browsing the web. But as soon as you get it outside, it just, you know, it just doesn't have the screen capabilities. You know, it's one of the things Apple does really well. The other thing you could do is look at getting a, um, like what size phone do you carry? What size phone do you have? Uh, I'm on a uh, iPhone 7 uh, S plus. Well, 7 plus. Yeah, 7 yeah, S plus. I was just yeah. going to say, you know, the plus phones are, I mean, it's a big screen, but that's not good enough. That's not big enough, you old man. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, look, yeah, the toys are good for young people, but when you start to have to use them professionally and, and you, you know, you're a bit older, the eyesight starts to struggle. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, mate, yeah, I think – I don't know – I'm trying to think whether the, the, the current generation, I think it's fifth generation iPad mini, is going to be as impressive as – for example, the new iPad Air, which is a huge expense at nine hundred bucks, but far out, man. It's, I mean, it's it's the screen's stunning, but I yeah. would I would argue that the mid range, so maybe not the bottom, but the mid range Samsung would be as impressive. So, 
unfortunately, it's an investment, but it's what you do. So write it off. Um, <laughs> not a bad. So do the do the screens have a rating on them? Because uh, with Nip, some of like my production gear, they have a net rating. Yeah. Look, they they should, they could, they may do, but they they're not. It's like not. It's not a thing. Apple publicises. Put it that way. Um, yeah, sure. But if you were <clears throat> if you were to dig deep into the rabbit hole, there'd be some sites that would do teardowns, and there'd be like the nerdiest of nerds will have a device that will actually measure the nit rating of a of a device when they're reviewing it. So, if you were to pick a couple of models, so pick a Samsung model, pick an iPad model, and do enough digging online, I think you'll find some form of brightness comparison. But the other thing mm-hmm. you've got to do is just make sure. And I know it's obvious, but make sure you jump into the settings and disable all of the auto stuff because yeah. they will also muck around. With all, like you got to turn off the true tone and the uh, auto brightness and a whole range of things to make sure that you're getting the the right level all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's published nit ratings, so there's no comparison possible. It's like Apple doesn't publish milliamp hour rate n- numbers for their batteries. You have to yeah, wait right. for someone to rip them apart and, and tear them down before you find that out. But it's just what they do. Gotta love them. Um, but yeah, that's that's. Um, I don't think I'll put it this way. I've I've used a phone, iPhone and, a, and an iPad for all the years I've been droning and have never really r- r- not enjoyed the, the screen. You know, there's always yeah. those times where it's just so friggin' bright that you, you need to stand in the shade um, yeah, true. or whatever, but that, that's going to give you the best outcome. Yep. Nah, well, look, you know, sometimes, you know, the, have the tailgate of the car up and sitting in the back of the car looking at because it's throwing shadows over screens certainly yeah. helps as well. Yeah, yeah, you've got to do the little things. But what, so what sort of things do you, do you shoot? Oh, look, I do a lot of television commercial. I do a bit of news locally yeah. out here. Nice. Um, 16 years working for uh, one of the local uh, television stations. So um, I've cut probably oh, 3,000 television commercials in, wow. in the region. Yeah. And isn't it amazing, the drone today, like, you know, my kids can identify a drone shot on the TV, and you think far out five, ten years ago, it was twenty thousand dollars to hire a chopper and do that stuff. And yeah, no, I've been there. I've done those sort of it's work amazing, as well. Isn't been it? Hang, hang out the side of helicopters, which is always the fun part of what I do. Yeah, true, but, but it's amazing it what you can cost do. Impractical from a backpack today. It's yeah, just stunning. Exactly. It's just stunning, and the quality now, oh, mate, it's 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 mind blowing to think how far we've come in just that in just photography videography and then you add the aerial component to it and you're like wow this is just crazy crazy yeah well it's it's hard to watch tv without seeing some sort of aerial sort of shot yeah no matter what commercial i've noticed even even the today show when they do the their weather um cameraman up in queensland they've got they've started using it now as like a playoff shot and everything even live like the it's just (laughs) it's awesome the way you can use a drone today but yeah well look i suppose that the downside of it was the drone is that anyone can do it Yes. Which is, is good, but, you know, there's all rules and regulations people aren't adhering to or are oblivious to, and it sort of tarnishes a few people. Yeah, totally. And, I, you know, I'm a dibber-dobber when it comes to that stuff. I, um, I'm happy to click report on something, and I, if it's awful, if it's shocking, I'll send it straight to CASA. Um, yeah. Because, you know what, people have got to know what the rules are. And I, you know, I'm going to, so we're going to Hunter Valley in a couple of weekends. I said to the kids, we're going to take the drone, like, because it's just beautiful up there, and we've got a house kind of on the hills, and it's like, I can't wait, but I also haven't checked the app yet because it's real close to Williamtown and there could be yeah. a complete exclusion zone around where we're going. But you just got to do the basic checks. But when you've – and it's funny, what I find is hilarious is people get annoyed with, you know, you can't fly it near a house or something, but they're the most boring shots you'll ever get. Go for a drive, 
find a bit of coastline that has absolutely has no helicopter problems or, or uh, air, airspace problems, go into the bush, go into the farms. Like there's some great shots you get that aren't your bloody community areas. It's, it, they're the better shots. Well, exactly. And for hobbyists, that you know, that's what they've gone and purchased it for, not yeah. just to be in the air. It's to be in the air somewhere significant. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, good luck tablet shopping, Grant. No worries. Thanks for that, Trevor. Sorry Appreciate if it. I've cost you a bunch of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Pretty Cheers, mate. No worries. And if you've got a question like Grant, uh, jump on the website, eftm.com. And, yep, normally these phone calls end in you spending your money, and um, I'm happy to hear about it. <laughs> it gives me great pleasure. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll keep going with calls. Thank you for listening. Happy to help with any questions you've got, Trevor Long here, and uh, you're listening to the EFTM podcast. G'day, Stephen. Hey, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good. What can I do for Absolutely you? appreciate the call. What's happening, mate? Uh, um, my mum. So she's turned 83 um, recently, and she has a problem where she basically has fallen over a couple of times Having had her knees replaced uh, a couple of years ago, she finds it hard to get back up. So what happens is if she falls, she sort of stays down and she's tripped over uh, recently and fractured two of her ribs. Oh, and luckily we were there, but there was another time when she fell over and you know, about four o'clock in the morning off to the bathroom yeah. and she basically sat there and couldn't reach the phone, uh, couldn't get any form of assistance until basically I was coming over as I do on Sundays. And so she basically sat there for six hours waiting for me to come. The difficulty is, of course, is then when she locks the door, if she deadlocks the front door, we can't get in. And because the house was robbed many, many years ago, she's got protective screens and all the windows and that. So it makes it really difficult. So what I've been trying to work out is how do we get a way of being able to have a device and that, that allows her to get in touch with us if she can't get access to a phone. So now let's, the, let, let, I mean, you know, this is a tough conversation because obviously everyone's different, but how, how alert is she? How, um, like how with it is she, is she in terms of, you know, accepting gadgets in life? <laughs> That's the biggest challenge. Like my mum's not 83, she's 70 and she's still got a dumb phone. So, but you know, Trev's going to give her one for a birthday, but uh, I, I know it's going to result in a lot of calls, but how will she accept technology in that sense? Oh, she's fine. So she's got, a, she's had an iPhone that I've given her for oh, ages. So yep. she works with that. Um, she can actually send messages mm-hmm. and she can, you know, look at the news on it and various other bits and pieces. And she used to love the iPad I had until she dropped it. Yep. And she would look at Netflix and various other bits and pieces. Yeah, right. Um, so she's not too bad with the technology. Um, so I think, you know, having a smart watch, and that's why basically I try to get in contact because. What sort of device? So um, there was the new um, – I've heard you talk about previously about the, the space, watch for the kids. Space Talk Life. Yep, yep, yep. And so the Space Talk for now what they call life for, for the yeah. seniors. Yep. Biggest problem I've seen with it um, is the battery life. Yeah, I don't need to do a GPS on it to track it down because I can no. usually track it down on Find My iPhone type, type of things. Yep. But – the battery life, if it only runs for eight to ten hours and she gets up in the morning and she then heads out for the day, if it runs out and she has an issue, 
then it's not long enough. So, eight to um, ten, are you reading that from like people's own experiences of it? Yeah, because I went onto the website and I then read the the comments that people had posted, and they said basically it doesn't have enough. You know, they've all complained about the battery life if you use it to ping and keep her aware of where her so, location is. So, here, I I've tested a lot of kids' watches, and mate, I've struggled to get them part to the end of school. Um, you know, like they put it on at seven thirty, and it doesn't get to three o'clock. Um, and it's because I've got that, you know, I want to be able to open the app and see like cookie crumbs where they've been and, and what, they're, what they're doing. As soon as you turn that off, you know, you get a whole day's battery life out of them because essentially it's just, it's, it's waiting for them to do something or you to do something. Now you can at any point open the app and go, I want to know where they are, but it doesn't constantly record that. So you don't have like a history. And I think in, in your mum's case, you don't need that. You don't want that. So I would argue that Turning off that function of the space talk will absolutely give you a, a, the, the battery life required. Um, I would also say that if you, you find that that doesn't happen, then it's refundable. I mean, that's just that's just a, a failing of the device, right? But there are, you know, plenty. Of, there's enough five star reviews of the space talk life to to get a sense that that thing's pretty good. But if you want that feature of tracking and and tracing, essentially, um, then I I think that. I think that no watch is going to help you with that. Like there's, yeah. there's no there's no device that does the tracking and tracing. So assuming that's not what you want, then my biggest concern with these things, and frankly the Apple Watch would be my other recommendation, but my biggest concern again is she's got to charge it every night. Like you, you need to know that she's going to put it on charge and you can buy a really cool stand that sits on a bedside and it doesn't require – and the great thing about an Apple Watch – probably more than any of them is it just just place it down and it starts charging it's literally that easy you don't need to you know line it up with the connectors and stuff it just happens but then she needs to be ready and trained and and keen to put it on getting out of bed because obviously getting out of bed is one of the risky areas yeah and that's and so i've had an apple watch now for the last two years and the fall detection works actually pretty well. That's a good point. Over as long it. as you turn it on, because um, I think it's in the settings, you've got to turn on fall detection. But that's a pretty amazing feature, which literally makes the call for you. But but more importantly, I think you said she, she might have a fall and will sit there because she's kind of unable to get up. It's not because she's unconscious, but if, it's, if you're unconscious, it will. It, if it has no action, it will just make an emergency call. If you're able to get to it, then at least you can use the watch to make the phone call. Yeah, and that and that was the choice. Otherwise, there's the the other ones, which are the necklaces that you wear, that basically are a bit like a back to base yes. security system. And but they're very expensive. Oh, I was just going to say that thirty three to forty dollars a month. Um, and if, I hope to, my mum stays around for quite a while. Um, that becomes a very expensive proposition. Totally, though, totally. And I think certainly that, I think certainly the, worth it to keep us the safe. vital call style alert bracelets and necklaces and things. I think we need to be very clear. They are, without question, the best solution, right? But for most people, they're the they're the last piece of technology um, you use in the case of your elderly parents or grandparents before they're they're in assisted care, essentially, right? Um, so y- you're you're still in the early phase where mum's good, just getting about. She's completely lucid. You know, she's cool. It's just when you have this 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 incident that that you need. She needs to be able to get in touch. So actually. That the Apple Watch, the Space Talker are perfectly fine for that circumstance, but you just need to be constantly aware of if it's happening too much, then that's when you probably need to make that step up to the vital core because that's when, you, you know, the, the extra 
one fall that doesn't result in her not being able to get up, but just is she's either unconscious or immobile to be able to even interact with the watch, that's when – I just don't want you relying on it. You know, that's my biggest fear is that someone, you know, takes my advice on that and, and something happens to their elderly parent and it's because of that device that should have been different. It should have been able to do whatever, which is why my biggest caveat is charging and putting it on. Needs to be put on before you get out of bed. So you can wear it in the shower. You can wear it every time, everything you do during the day except sleeping. Um, put, put it on the on the charger every time you put your head down and put it on your wrist every time you put your head up. Simple as that. Um, and, she's, and she's actually pretty good at that because she obviously has to charge her iPhone every night. So she, yep. And she does carry that around with her because yep. she has fallen. But again, as, as you said, you know, you're going get, to get into the shower. You're going to get changed or all these things. And that was the problem. She couldn't actually reach it when yeah. she fell over. And yeah. when Which she was is in the why bathroom. the watch, you know, that's why it's on your wrist, right? It's it's there so that it's always accessible. So how do you choose between the two? Um, I, I, for you, I think it's quite simple. She's got an iPhone. You've got an Apple Watch. It, it's familiarity. Um, you don't need – you just need the basic one. You just need the SE. doesn't need to have blood oxygen <laughs> levels and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, uh, yeah, you just get the, the, the most affordable uh, Apple Watch you can find um, because you know it. So when mum rings and says, but it's doing this, ah, well, you know, because you've got one. Oh, it's that. It's that message that comes up or whatever it is. Why is it telling me to stand? Oh, you can just let me, let me, when I come around, I'll change the app so it doesn't remind you of those things or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Whereas Space Talk, it's, it's a new app. Uh, the app needs to be on your phone if you want to get the alerts. Uh, there's a couple of... in intricacies about it that you might want to look into. Um, but it's also a much simpler watch. There's no doubt about that. But if mum's a kind of iPhone user, then I think you'll be fine with the Apple Watch. Yeah, well, one of the features why I was leaning towards the Apple Watch is because if she just presses the crown and talks to Siri and says, you know, ring Steve. Yeah, um, spot on. She can get, yeah, and she's done that on a phone, and that's the way she communicates on the yeah. phone. So she's I actually... Was- I was reasonably with, good. I, I, t- I think I tweeted this or put it on Instagram or something. I was up with a dentist with my son a month or two ago, and there was a um, elderly lady was the you know patient before him. She came out, um, and I'm not saying you know I don't know how old she was, but you know she wasn't my mum. She was older, um, and she pulled out a phone, and the the lady behind the desk said, "Do you want me to call for someone to come pick up?" She goes, "No, that's fine." And she um, she she asked Siri um, to call Ice, and I went. Oh, she's got her. She's got her contact. Her husband listed as ICE, which is in case of emergency, and she's using Siri. It was like this really awesome moment for me to go. This is perfect. This is exactly how it's meant to be used, right? Siri is actually less useful for me than it is for someone of age because of the amazing things that it can do. So, yeah, set her up with the best Siri solutions. Program in people's names and and, and details and stuff, and then. I do think the Apple Watch is going to be the winner there. You just need to think about all those naggy things that happen with an Apple Watch. Like, um, I find Siri a bit naggy. She turns on too much. That raise to raise to listen is turned off. I, I want it so that I need to literally initiate Siri. I don't. I don't want Siri just coming on. I want the, the pressing the crown. And you can turn that off down the track if she starts. To, if it starts to become more of an issue where, you know, actually pressing the crown's a problem if she falls, then maybe we, we change it to raise to listen. But again, I, as I say. This solution only works until you feel that she's beyond the point of this being um, a workable thing. In a few years from now, hopefully many years, and that's when you go, right, now it's, the family's got to invest in Vital Call or whatever the other alert system is. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate the call because it's it, it has been and it becomes more worrying 
and it's what products are out there. And, you know, I've got a limited, you know, I listen to you every week on the radio um, and, but I don't understand or don't know what there is beyond the three things that we've already discussed now. So, well, well I'll just give you, you one other thing, now. right? I'll give you one other thing, right? So yep. the watch is a definite solution. Get it, make it happen. The other solution I would recommend is is thinking about a camera of some sort. Um, um, there are amazing solutions coming that are good. I can't really recommend them because I haven't tested them, but that actually monitor the patterns of, of your mom. You know, is she... Has she got out of bed today? Is there movement in the bedroom? You know, um, has, has is there movement in the bathroom? Because mum, every morning she gets up, she goes to the bathroom. We all do, right? So if there's no bathroom movement detected by 10 a.m., uh, you know, message Stephen kind of thing. There's really cool stuff coming like that. But you could keep it real simple and just get a little, like a D-Link or um, another wired, so plugged into the wall. There's no battery issues or anything. Um, she's got internet at home, does she? No, that's uh, one of the things we need to get her with uh, the NBN at some point. That way she can get um, yeah, Foxtel, God we, forbid, and yep. that was something like that that we're doing. Yeah, get her another I've tablet, mate, so she's got Netflix. But you, yeah, yeah. a Nest, little, you've got Nest now. Get another Nest. Get another Nest yeah. camera, the little indoor one. Um, and mate, put pay the subscription for that ten bucks a month. You can you can know that she's up and about. You can get alerts to those things, or you just yeah. have it so that it's free and it's live view, so that you can say, Mum. Like you can have the two-way audio situation, you know. I think yeah. two-way audio on a camera is way underrated. And I did it the other day to my kids and scared the Jesus out of them in the morning. They were getting ready to get in the car, and they were sing- it was hilarious. They were singing a song. Dad's picking us up at the bus today. It was I was just being silly, and I come on the camera and I went, "Yes, I am. See you then." And they they laughed, but they freaked out, but they laughed. And it's a really great way to a keep in touch, but also for the elderly, it's a great way of connecting and going. We're here, just you know. Um, don't forget to ring us. I just, I just want to check in. She'll think it's a privacy breach. Put it in a corridor. Put it somewhere where it's not spying on her, but it's there so that you can use it. It's like a speaker into the home. Yeah, no, we've got, I've got Nest cameras internally and I've got obviously Arlo's outside that, that all work well. The voice, mm-hmm. we've used the voice because um, whistle to the dogs every now and again yeah, when yeah, they... Yeah. And just to see, make sure they're still alive and happy within the house when we're out for the day. Yeah. But no, thanks for that. I I will. She has to move to the NBN at some point soon because they're going to switch off. Yeah, totally. The Telstra service. So we have to do it. Yeah. And I'll get the basic, um, you know, internet access as well as her. she wants yeah, a home phone. She doesn't want to just move to mobile. So we'll take care of that. No, and I'll. And I can always take one of my Nest cameras from here, which is one of the more recent ones, and, yeah. and pop it in there and see how it goes. Even as no. a test, you're right, spot on. Yeah, well, mate, great idea. Good I luck. appreciate it. I hope it goes well for you. And do let me know how it goes. Like once you've got it for it, I'd really love to hear how she finds it, whether she finds it frustrating or whether it is actually a solution that, that works for you. And remember, there's a bunch of other things going on in that watch, you know, from heart rate detection and other issues that it can detect as well that might just be really helpful along the way as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a birthday in two weeks, so Boom. I'm sure the last thing she wants is a technology present, but no, nevertheless, that's not what she will get. She'll appreciate it. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Take care, Trevor. Appreciate it. Good Bye. On you. And if you've got a question, that's a really fascinating subject, and I know we took a bit of time on it, but it's a fascinating subject. And, uh, you know, 
it's it's this weird life uh, life stage thing, and I talk about this often with Stephen Fennick, uh, and there's other young tech journalists, and I'm like, they don't even know what's coming to them when they, you know, sure you got a baby, but geez, when, when your kids are older, there's a lot more required from you as a parent, and it actually makes it harder to do the fun things that we do and the give the time that we do. And I I was talking to someone the other day, Angus, who, who's a, a long time friend of the show and, and friend of mine. Um, I said to him, I said, you know. When I get to Stephen's age, don't tell Stephen I said this, but the great thing is that my kids like his will already be will be older and I'll have that extra freedom and stuff. But it's a life stage thing, right? My mum's not at that point yet where I need to worry about her in the way Stephen does, Stephen that we just spoke to on the phone. Um, so, you know, we haven't yet experienced it. And actually reviewing a product um, like one of those systems that, you know, monitors your, your parents' use, um, home usage and stuff, is a very difficult thing unless it's needed. And it's only when it's needed that you start to understand it, um, which is a funny thing about tech reviews. To be honest, it's you know it's all well and good to um, to see a, a gamer review a console, but most people aren't hardcore gamers. So actually, reading my review, for example, of a console setup might be much more insightful as to how quickly it sets up and the different things. You know, uh, peop- that's why we all have a different bits and pieces about how we review stuff, which is why people review read multiple things and not just one person's rantings about a product. So anyway, um, a very interesting insights and, uh, and a good conversation to have. So uh, thank you very much. And if you've got a question like that, you can just get in touch. Trevor along with you, get in touch if you've got a question, eftm.com. G'day, Corey. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Mate, real good. You uh, you rang a while ago and we talked about Google Photos. Yes, we did. And How I did finally finished my project. Wow. How long did it take? It, to be a, uh, it was a month project. Yep. Um, quite a few hours involved, but I'm glad I've done it. Yep. And it so, certainly so remind, did, as remind you said. us, where, where were the photos that you had and how were they stored originally? Well, the ish, initial issue was getting photos from an iPhone to a hard drive via yeah. the, I use a, a Mac computer, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite an arduous process, oh, not yeah. easy. Yes. And um, you just put me into uh, the Google world. Yeah, Google and photos, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I went down that road and have done it, uploaded them all and categorised them and tagged all the faces. How long did uh, it take from, from, the, from the start of the process? I've wondered this because obviously I've had mine for years. You know, it's uploading thousands of photos a day. It's you know, you got to keep it open at night to kind of make it work and get it through. But how long before it started saying, "I've got some faces to recognise here"? Uh, that was in, that was instant. As soon as I put uh, the first photos in, wow. it started capturing those photos, those faces. Um, a bit of tweaking because sometimes it doesn't pick yep. up the exact faces. Um, and I've had to sort of read. I had to do, redo it twice. Uh, which that sort of slowed the process down, but it seems to have uh, leveled all out now, and I've got all the faces there that I need to uh, store. Yeah, cool. And 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 have you tested out searching for random things like uh, objects? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, my my wife uh, always says, "Oh, can you remember that photo we took? Uh, you know, back in 2017." And I can't seem to find it, and um, so I'll go straight to Google Photos and put a couple of search strings in there. And within a couple of you know, seconds, I'll find the photo. Mm. Um, so whether it be a, a – I'll recall maybe a mountain in the background. I'll type in mountain and then a, and then sort of narrow it down and then look at dates. And so really very simple process to do it. My only – if I was going to fix it up, I would allow for maybe manual 
tagging of faces because sometimes it doesn't automatically pick it up. So um, it's a good point. So if you're looking at a photo, uh, you can't like click on a face or draw a square on a face and say this is a, an individual and here's who they are, can you? you that's need, right, yeah. It needs to come up as an unknown face before you can tag it. In mine, I've got thousands of unknown faces. It's like I'm not even going to bother scrolling through all these. <laughs> yeah. That would be the my, – my biggest thing would be to uh, fix that or uh, manual tagging up. Okay. Be good. What, what what other things? So how uh, you've got it on your phone now? You've freed up space, or you've you've got the photos accessible. What next? Like, have you found you're viewing your photos more? Or are you using them as kind of a you know albums in any way? Yeah, yes. Um, we well, we search through it, and the uh, the kids are always going back through and looking at photos and opening up some memories that way. Um, but for me, I'd like the, um, the, the the ability to be able to randomize it and have a bit of a put on the TV, for example, a uh, constant uh, slideshow of random photos. Um, so we do use them, but it's sort of based on a search pattern where you're wanting to look at a certain period well, of time. I'm going to cost you some money here. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey's. I want you to buy the new Google Chromecast. I think it's just called Chromecast with Google TV, right? And I'm sure once I set that up, the, the one up that I've got in the office, there was an option as I'd finished setting it up, about the screensaver and it said do you want to use your google photos and i i think it just chose an album like i just chose it, it won't use your whole library but you can choose okay. an album and i've got uh, i think i've got an autumn is it automatically created album that is just like family and friends it's just automatically populating you know an album of my family and friends it's i've got a i've got an album that is just um the kids for example so you know, once you choose that album, and we've got like a family trip to the USA album, and you know, you choose the album you want as your screensaver, and it will come up as the Google TV screensaver. And if you just set the Google TV as your HDMI input by default and put it on that when you finish watching TV, you got people around. The other thing is when you're having like a birthday party for you know Nana's birthday, you just create an album of Nana, and you can put up a slideshow, and off it goes. So. Mate, I don't think it's perfectly what you want, but I th I think you'll find the the concept is is there. Excellent. Okay. Well, I do have a, a Google Chromecast. Uh, the, the the new one I, the new one is different. So the current the old Chromecast was a was a dumb device until you um, until you sent something to it. Um, okay. So mine is in the office. It's just showing you know random beautiful photos from around the world. Although I'm pretty sure you can customize that as well. So just just do some searching about Google Chromecast screensaver and you might even be able to use it with your current existing one and you can just set it so that it uses your family photos as opposed to the random internet ones that come up. Because if you leave your Chromecast on with nothing on it, it's just a beautiful photo and a time. And when you're in Google Photos and you go create an album, you give the album a title and then it, it's either selecting photos or selecting people and pets and you just choose the people that you want in the album. So you just choose your family and they're the only the only photos with your family in it will appear in the album. Well, that does sound good. I will test that out. Um, and that new Google uh, Chromecast, what sort of um, period are we talking? Is it like only brand, brand new? It's a, Yeah, it's like this. It came out two weeks ago. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It's, right. You know, you know it's different because it's got a remote control. So it's its own. You don't need your smartphone. You can install apps on it. Um, so, yeah, it's got its own remote control. So you don't need to cast to it. You can install the KO app. You can install Netflix. You can install Stan, all that kind of stuff. So it's like it is honestly, um, it, it's, it's product of the year for me at this point. Wow. Okay. 
It's a cracker. All right. Well, thank you very much. Me, Corey, thanks for updating me, mate. I love hearing back from people when something's gone well. <laughs> See you later, Trevor. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Um, if, and if, if we've spoken on the phone and something's gone or maybe it hasn't gone well for you, uh, get in touch. I'd, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I learn as you learn and other people listening learn as I learn. So all good fun. Uh, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Travel along with you, helping you out with your tech questions or any other questions you've got. G'day, David. Hey, Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you? Um, I would like to know what the um, best speaker or speakers are to use with iPods and also if you know uh, what uh, car, speaker, uh, car stereo system the best for iPods. Now, when you say iPod, David, what iPod have you got? Uh, it's um, the latest model, I think. I just bought one recently. So it's a little um, touchscreen one? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it's, it's the current. It's like, it looks like an iPhone but without a phone, yeah? Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it looks exactly like an iPhone, a bit smaller. Yeah, it's called an iPod Touch. So here's the great thing. Pretty much any speaker will work with that because it's got Bluetooth. You don't need one that, you know, has a little docking station for it with a lightning connector. That's just old school these days. So... To be honest, um, you know, I love the JBL brand of speakers. They they have literally a speaker of every size and every price bracket. So all you need to do is say, hey, I want to spend $200 and you buy, it's probably the JBL Flip 5 or something like that. Uh, if you only want to spend 50 bucks, then there's a $50 one as well. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the more you spend, the bigger and the better the speaker. And that's, yeah, frankly, I- that's the case with pretty much every speaker on the market. If you go right. to JB Hi-Fi, the more you spend, the better it's going to be. Now, there is a caveat to that that says, look, there's some kind of no-name brands um, that will look bigger and be the same price as a smaller Sony. Like, let's say there's a Sony and a JBL that are like $200, and then there's some other brand you've never heard of that's $200, but it's like double the size. Then that's where I'd go, hang on a minute, hang on. (laughs) Like, if a Sony... I probably would go the Sony or the JBL in that case. So there's, there is that kind of how good is it really going to sound thing. So, mate, any Bluetooth speaker and your budget will work beautifully with that iPod. In terms of car stereos, again, pretty much all car stereos now do work with um, iPod. Um, the question is, are you putting a new head unit in the car or are you looking in terms of something that's existing within your car? I'll probably look at that, putting a new, new headed unit in it. That would make a better, a better stereo. What sort of phone yeah. do you have? Uh, it's an iPod. Uh, iPod I mean, it's an iPhone. Yeah. So here's a really important question: Why do you have an iPod if you got an iPhone? Uh, yeah, well, good point. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I probably bought uh, my original iPod before um, they were sort of big, big with the yeah. iPhones, I yeah. suppose. But um, I, I don't know. I just like. And that's probably stupid, but I just like to keep them separate. Okay. So is your music yeah. not on your phone? Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, okay, mate. Your call, mate. It's just it's it's overkill. It's an extra it's an extra gadget yeah. to carry around. But here again, I've I've only added a Pioneer after unit um, head unit to my car. What I would do is say to you this though: when you get an after unit head unit, make sure it is CarPlay compatible. Now, your iPod, I don't think will do CarPlay. But what I'm saying is, look, there may come a time when you go, actually, I should just plug the phone in. Also, plugging your phone into CarPlay is the safest way to use your phone while you're driving. Um, but if you play, if you have a CarPlay-compatible stereo, it means it's got all the latest. It is the best in the business. You plug your iPod in, it will, it will 
absolutely recognise the iPod and it will work. So okay. that would be my recommendation. Alpine, okay. Pioneer, but Pioneer is probably the, the better brand. They were first to market with CarPlay in Australia. I'm a big fan of their, their stuff, so that would be where I'd go with it, Dave. Pioneer, you said, Trevor. Yep. That's it, mate. That's it. Yep. Good Great. luck, buddy. All right. Thanks for your help, Trevor. Appreciate Cheers, mate. It. No worries at all. Um, if you've got a question, you can get in touch. Um, what about that? It's got an iPod. I literally had to go, what iPod is available still? And I went, oh, the iPod Touch. That's what my kids have. But you know what? I was watching a, a thing with Daniel Ricardo, and he still carries around an old school uh, iPod, and it's like a time capsule for him. But he likes it being separate. Now, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he doesn't use it all the time because I've seen him with Bluetooth headphones and stuff, and that they ain't working with an iPod classic. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting solution for people that want to keep their music separate, but I want it all in one device. Don't know about you. Let me know what you think. Go to the website, eftm.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Trevor Long, and Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Now, the other one I want to tell you about today, um, I sent this to Daniel uh, to write because he's in Canberra, uh, Queen Bitten, but um, kind of very familiar with the Australian War Memorial. But uh, uh, it wasn't until after he published it and I was looking for things to talk about on the radio this week that I went, wow, this is awesome. Now, the Australian War Memorial, we all know, unbelievable institution, um, unbelievable um, museum's the wrong word. It's a memorial, it's, but it's an unbelievable museum of our Australian war history and the things that go on there the the, the exhibitions are just f- are fundamentally amazing it's, it's a it's a brilliant thing but what they've launched is a a 3d collection so they've taken a, a bunch of items um from the war memorial collection 25 of them at the moment and there'll be more and they have digitized them now by that i don't mean they've taken a photo. I mean, they have created highly accurate 3D models of these objects. I'm actually just on the awm.gov.au website <clears throat> to try and find out how you get there um, without going directly to the URL, which is at eftm.com. The URL is awm.gov.au forward slash 3D treasures. And um, and it's just really annoying that it's not on the homepage. But anyway, leaving that aside, go to 3D Treasures. Um, Memorial embarks on 3D Exhibition October 20. That's it there. And then there's a website. Yeah, so they actually link to it on their media release. Anyway, awm.gov.au forward slash 3D Treasures. And what you find there are 25 items. Now, there's a, there's an engine cowling. There's a, a, a nurse's working dress. There's a there's a bed. There's a camera. There's a shell casing. There's a body armor. There's an artificial leg from the Second World War. There's a flying helmet. Um, there's a damaged boot. There's a helmet and there's a the rifle butt. Now here's I'm going to click on the rifle button. It says um, Farrier Sergeant Percy King. Uh, when the South African Boer War started in 19, 1899, two Boer republics called upon male citizens, and it goes into great detail about the war. And then it talks about the item. It says, this example um, of a weapon was carved uh, into the Lee Einfeld rifle, Lee Infield rifle of Farrier Sergeant Percy. So it's a beautiful carving of 
the Australian coat of arms that he has carved into his own rifle butt. And the thing is, it's not a photo. I can drag my mouse and twist it around so that I can see the back, the bottom, the left, the right. And man, it is the most majestic piece of artwork you'll you'll see. Because I, I can see his carvings and I can twist it all the way around. They've I don't know what technology they have used to digitize this product, but it is magnificent. It genuinely is beautiful to look at and and to be able to explore these items. So the helmet, for example, you look up inside. It's not just a you know top-down thing, and it's great detail. You can zoom in on it. I encourage everyone to look at this because there's a story to be told about every item. There's a beautiful piece of technology to, to appreciate. Um, and then there's an education to, to pass on. And it's just fascinating bit of technology that allows them to do um, this wonderful, wonderful um, digitization, which is obviously takes time. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And it's just beautiful. It's a really amazing way to do it because we can't all get to Canberra and, and see these things. But now we can kind of take them in virtually. They've done an amazing job. It's an absolute credit to the whole team at the Australian War Memorial who've done that and, and they should be very proud of what they've done because, honestly, I've, I've talked about it all week on the radio and, and it's just brilliant. It's so great to look at. Um, it, it's, uh, it's obviously taken them a long time. Um, it's a first of its kind for the, for the War Memorial. Um, they say there will be more to come, more than these 25 objects. Uh, and... Um, it, I should say, and I'm happy to say this because of the big Boeing logo on the page, financial support for the online exhibition was provided by corporate partner Boeing. Um, Dr. Brennan Nelson, president of Boeing, who used to, he used to be the president of the War Memorial, didn't he? Brennan Nelson. He was very good at that job. So he's now gone to Boeing and he's you know using his influence to make sure the War Memorial gets funding. Good on him. Um, that's fantastic. I really like that. I'm pretty sure he was, the, he was the boss of the War Memorial for a while, or the custodian. Um, so there's really, really cool. I, I love what you're going to see there and it's well worth uh, looking at. So what happens is I think that if you are also browsing those items, no, see, they've got a lot of work to do to integrate it though. It's not integrated into the normal memorial website. Um, but anyway, just go to the website awm.gov.au forward slash 3D treasures and you will be down a rabbit hole very quickly. It's a, it's a wonderful exhibition. This is the Podcast. Thank you for listening. Norm's on the line. G'day, Norm. Uh, g'day, Trev. I've got a bit of a mind? problem with uh, an internet connection. Yeah. I've just I've just moved into a a new area, mm-hmm. and uh, or new to me, and the area is serviced by Telstra's um, Velocity. Oh, so it's a fibre to the home network, which is a good win because it's big bucks, it's big speed, but it's also big dollars for Telstra fibre, yeah? Correct. And the problem is I'm not with Telstra and uh, I don't intend to be with Telstra. Um, My internet provider is Primus. Now, Primus tell me all they can do me is ADSL2 because they have an issue with Telstra. Yeah. And uh, so I've been on a bit of a um, on a bit of a drive around to the local um, uh, internet providers, yep. and uh, they all say the same. They don't yeah. want to deal with Telstra. So, well, it's not that they don't want to deal with Telstra. It's just that that's Telstra built that network, 
Um, yeah. And and under the terms of the agreement with the the developer of the network of the of the area, um, Telstra had exclusivity to that network. So. Uh, you know, back in the day when Telstra owned the copper, there was no competition in mo- in in mobile fo- in phones, let alone um, in internet. But then you had regulation that required them to you know open up their services and more people could use it. And then we had the NBN come along, and the point of the point of the NBN was that it was it was a telco agnostic. So you've got the connection, you choose the telco. But unfortunately. The Telstra Velocity is not part of the NBN. It's Telstra's network. They're the only people that can provide you with internet service there. Norm, do not sign up for ADSL through iPrimus. Just sign up with Telstra. It's better internet, faster internet. There'll be no complaints. It's just you have to change telcos, mate. Unfortunately, that's the that's the luck in that area. Okay. I was under the impression that the NBN was going to absorb these Telstra networks. When, if, if and when they do, happy days, you can switch away from Telstra. But right now, they have not absorbed that network, um, so you don't have that option. It's as simple as that. It could be months or years. I mean, it could be a very long time. I don't know. But the bottom line is, other than ADSL, your only option is Telstra Fibre. And, I mean, look, it's annoying that it's non-competitive, but... Gee whiz, mate, it's it's still good internet. So sign up with Telstra and then wait until – and, mate, the, the local community will be alight with people switching as soon as the NBN's available. So if and when that happens, don't worry. You won't, you, you'll know about it. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks All very right, buddy. much. Good luck. Um, sorry about that, Norm, but, uh, yeah, that's a pain. It's, it happens – there's a few places in the country that are like that, um, but it's, it is very rare broadly, but um, – you know, so goes life. Not much you can do about it, unfortunately, Norm. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, you got a question, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Trevor along with you. G'day, John. G'day, Trev. Uh, yeah, look, we've uh, we've got satellite NBN. Uh, we're only about 20 minutes out of Perth hmm. uh, in the Swan Valley, uh, and the satellite is uh, is absolute rubbish. They We have got, uh, we believe, NBN to the node going past our property. We've got five acres, and we just don't seem to be able to get any sense as to when we'll be able to get that connected. So when you, when you say you think you've got fibre to the node going past the property, um, what, what makes you say that for a start? Uh, data teller been laying the cable uh, out the front, going up to a new subdivision 300 metres up the road. Yeah, right. So, because new subdivisions essentially get um, get well, they try to always give a, a greenfields solution, which means basically they build the NBN into the into the infrastructure, just like they do water and electricity. It's all built in, um, but unfortunately, they don't like when they run it up the road. It's not like they they run it so that they can pop it into all the other places as well. Yeah, it's a I guess it's economies of scale thing. There's about to be 20 homes there. It's It makes sense to run the thing. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't mean that anyone in the area is going to retrospectively uh, be given access to um, the, the new network that they roll down there. The only thing that's going to happen maybe down the track is um, with this whole push uh, in the next four years to, to improve the number of people that are on the fibre network is there may be some upgrades, but there's there's been zero talk of of bringing satellite customers to fixed line. Um, it's just the nature of where you live, mate. Unfortunately, the, the topography, the, the, the distance, I know it's close, but it's, you know, it's still, you, you would call it kind of semi-rural, you know, it's, it's the, it's the wineries, right? It's the, it's that area. It's not a highly populated area and you can see that on a map, but, and it really only leaves you. On the NBN website, it says the build has commenced. 
So it says the build has commenced for... But at, at, our, at our address. So it, do, it doesn't say... I thought you sent me a thing that said it says you've got Sky Muster and, you know, that's the connection you've got. Yeah, we, we have. We've got, we've got uh, the uh, IINET uh, satellite, but when you type in the NBN, it says that I... the build has, com- has commenced for NBN in the ground. Oh, well, that's good news, mate. Maybe it is. So here's what we'll do. Um, I will I will send you a quick note, and what I want you to do is I want you to reply to me with the exact address. Don't give it to me now because then everyone will know it. Um, and I will ask that there's a the most amazing NBN person, Jane, is is just looks after all my Western Australian uh, legends over there. So I will ask Jane to find out whether or not that bill does include that, you know, a fitting of you for fixed line. Mate, rolling the dice, hopefully it will, I guess, but um, time is of the essence. Oh, you, oh, I'll come back to you, you come back to me, and we'll see if we can get you a resolution as quick, smart. The other thing you need to do is just, I mean, what, when you say that the MBN's rubbish, the satellite's rubbish, because you want higher speeds, you want higher data allowances, what, what is it that you don't like? Speed and allowance, yep. Yeah. Yep. If, we, if we download one Netflix film, we're, we're all out. It starts to be, um, shape. Yeah, wow. It's, uh, it's not good. If that's your no. kind of performance you're looking for, is it? Um, yeah. If you can do that, mate, that'd be great. You'd be a champ. All right. Leave it with me. Um, I'll send you a note. And if you reply with the details, uh, we'll go from there. Great stuff. Thanks, Trev. What, what just, I'm just looking at Google Maps, right? In the area, there's this, like, it looks like an airstrip, but it's a dirt airstrip. Yeah, just north of us a little bit. It's a, it's a pre, uh, well, I guess, World War Two sort of strip that they've got up there. And they also did... Uh, some uh, motor racing up there as well. Really? Like, it's a weird looking... I mean, it's it's just... It's a weird thing to see a dirt uh, set of runways with tree, trees along them, uh, in, you know, as you say, so close to Perth, you know? Like, it's a really weird looking thing. I love looking at satellite maps. It kind of... Well, can... yeah, look, that that that, uh, that airstrip is between Pierce Air Base for the Air Force mm. and Perth Airport. Right. Bloody hell. Yeah. Very yeah. strange. All right. Good man. All right. Well, I'll, I'll get in touch and we'll try and help you out, buddy. Thanks, mate. You're a champ. Thanks, mate. See what we can do. There's some good people at um, at the NBN, so hopefully I'll be able to get a date or a time or or an answer. Maybe, just maybe there's not going to be fixed line. We'll soon find out. EFTN. You're listening to the EFTN podcast. EFTN. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, I appreciate you listening each and every week. And telling me about that. Um, if you haven't already done so, tell me where you're listening, how you're listening, tell me what you love, what you hate. Uh, I, it's my show. I can do what I want. How good is it? Um, and that's the great thing about it. So don't, don't, don't hold back. Be kind, but you know, then you throw. You know, it's kind of like a sucker punch. If you've got something bad to say, you gotta, you gotta say something nice first. That's all. That's all I ask. It's been a rough week. There's a lot going on, um, and I can tell you right now, the next couple of weeks going to be massive. There are things in this office that I cannot begin to tell you about, but when I can, I will. Uh, you'll hear about them. Um, I'll be recording again with Stephen Fennick this week, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Subscribe and listen to that as well, the full breakdown of all the tech news of the week. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the EFTM podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.